Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number one of Genesis chapter six, and we're beginning in verse one. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And Jehovah said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And I'll stop reading there. So here God is uh, giving us an overview of the historical situation in the world of that time. Uh, it, it took quite a while, but finally men began to multiply on the face of the earth. And this is around the time of Noah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about exactly when this has taken place when we get to the reference of the 120 years. But it, it's over 5,000 years uh, and, and some hundred years past that since the creation of the world. And, of course, we know that there were two lines. As there always is in the world, there are the believers. And uh, amongst the believers, there are true believers or God's elect. And then there are the rest of the people of the world, the unbelievers. And, and when God has a corporate body, as he did with Old Testament Israel or the New Testament churches and congregations, the unbelievers infiltrate the ranks of the believers. And one of the primary methods of infiltration of Satan's task of sowing tares amongst the wheat is uh, the place of marriage or the marriage institution. Because with marriage, if you uh, have a daughter and she marries um, a child of God or, or someone here called a son of God, and then they come together. And oftentimes, or more often than not, the children born will follow the line of the unbelievers. They will There will be a moving away from truth, a moving away from God, and if you move away from God, you move towards the world. And if you move towards the world, you move towards Satan, the ruler of the world. And, and so uh, one of the historical methods for infiltration was marriage. Marriage. And, and we see this, for instance, even when Israel uh, was in the wilderness. 
the Lord ordered that Israel be avenged of the Midianites. And what was the cause? It was that the Midianitish women were leading the Israelites away from the faith of Israel, which was the the true God of the Bible, and towards their own idolatrous practices. It says in Numbers chapter 31, uh, when uh, Israel had done battle against Midian and yet spared some of the women. In Numbers 31, in verse 14, And Moses was wroth with the officers of the host, with the captains over thousands, and captains over hundreds, which came from the battle. And Moses said unto them, Have ye saved all the women alive? Behold, these caused the children of Israel, through the counsel of Balaam, to commit trespass against Jehovah in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of Jehovah. And, and so it was a tactic of the enemy through Balaam's counsel, and Balaam was a false prophet and therefore under the power of Satan, to persuade Israel by using the, the women of Midian. And it, it's been a fairly constant tactic of the enemy throughout the history of Israel and throughout the church age. Uh, remember, after Judah came out of Babylon and returned to the land of Judea, returned to Jerusalem, what was their sin? Their sin was to be unequally yoked with women from uh, other other nations other than Israel. It says in Ezra chapter 9 and verse 1, Now when these things were done, the princes came to me, saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands, doing according to their abominations, even of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. Yea, the hand of the princes and rulers hath been chief in this trespass. And when I heard this thing, I rent my garment and my mantle and plucked off the hair of my head and of my beard and sat down astonied. Then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the words of the God of Israel because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. And I sat astonied until the evening sacrifice. And, and, and then... Um, uh, later on in the same chapter, it says in verse 10, And now, O our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken thy commandments, which thou hast commanded by thy servants, the prophets, saying, The land unto which we go to possess it is an unclean land with the filthiness of the people of the lands, with their abominations, which have filled it from one end to another with their uncleanness. Now therefore give not your daughters unto their sons, neither take their daughters unto your sons, nor seek their peace of their wealth forever, 
that you may be strong, and eat the good of the land, and leave it for an inheritance to your children for ever. And after all that is come upon us for our evil deeds, and for our great trespass, seeing that thou our God has punished us less than our iniquities deserve, and has given us such deliverance as this, should we again break thy commandments and join in affinity with the people of these abominations, wouldest not thou be angry with us till thou hast consumed us so that there should be no remnant nor escaping? O Jehovah God of Israel, thou art righteous, for we remain yet escaped as it is this day. Behold, We are before thee in our trespasses, for we cannot stand before thee because of this. This particular sin of being unequally yoked, which which basically means for a child of God, somebody God has saved, to marry others that that are not of um the elect or, or not of God. They, they have no identification with God. They are unbelievers. It is a grievous sin. The, the Bible, um, has, has very, um, just, just severe language condemning it where God indicates it, it is uh, a wrong thing that that will definitely get you into serious trouble and and God is not the least bit pleased when it happens. He wasn't pleased with Israel in the wilderness when when they were deceived by the women of Midian and he certainly wasn't pleased we could see with what happened with the Jews that escaped from Babylon and returned to their land and fell into a sin that brought the wrath of God upon them to begin with. And and neither is God pleased when it first seems to be occurring, or at least this is the first we're reading about it here in Genesis chapter 6, as two lines have developed. There's There's the line that Enoch was a part of, that Methuselah was a part of, that... Noah was a part of and and that that line of believers and and you know uh, even though we're we're approaching the time of the flood and we know we know exactly how many people on on the earth in all the world were saved at the time of the flood there could not have been more than 8 8 people were delivered from the flood only eight souls entered into the ark out of the entire world of that day, of that period of history. And it, it was a time, God tells us, when men began to multiply in the face of the earth. Now, the the word translated as multiply is related to the Hebrew word that uh, that is found back in Genesis 1 where God commanded be fruitful and multiply. The word here in Genesis 6, 1 is uh, 72, 31 in the Hebrew in the Strong's Concordance. And the word in Genesis was 72, 35. 
So it's a related word, but different. This particular word, 7231, is translated as increase sometimes. It's translated as multiplied sometimes. And it's also translated one time as ten thousands. So it came to pass when men began to be ten thousands on the face of the earth. You, you could translate it that way. This word is also related to another Hebrew word, 7233, that is translated as ten thousands about thirteen times. And, and so it does give that kind of idea of uh, larger numbers of people, but still it's 10,000. And, and for instance, if you had several hundred thousand people, that would be several 10,000s. It, it, it's several 10,000s and you have 200,000 or 500,000. And, and so it gives the idea of a growing population, but a limited population, especially in comparison to the population of our world today, where one city you, you might find, uh, several million. And, and of course, all over the world, there, there's, uh, over seven billion, maybe approaching seven and a half billion people at this time. So, the population of the world of that day was hundreds of thousands, or, or if we go back 120 years prior to the flood, hundreds of thousands, maybe a million, and at the time of the flood, maybe a couple of million people. That, that, that would have been the uh, extent of the world population at that time, one continent, one people, all speaking one language, living basically in uh, close proximity to one another, although there would have been some, as in any period of time, that were like nomads and wandered off, and, and, and so there could have been some thousands of miles away. That's possible. But Primarily, the large portion of the population, the the great majority of people, lived uh, clustered together, and Noah would have been amongst them. That's uh, we we can be sure where God would have had him build the ark, and again, at most a million or two million people, and of this number, there was. Two lines, a line of professed believers, which would have followed the line of Seth, that seed that God gave to Eve, who was born when Adam was 130, and the other line. Remember Cain. Remember Cain. And remember how God gave some information. Actually, he he gave extended information. He gave a lot of detail about the descendants of Cain. Back in Genesis chapter 4, in um, verse 16, it says, And Cain went out from the presence of Jehovah and dwelt in the land of Nod, and Nod means to wander, on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, and bare Enoch. 
and he builded a city, and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mahujael, and Mahujael begat Methusael, and Methusael begat Lamach, and Lamach took unto him two wives, the name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah, and Ada bare Jabel, he was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have Caddo, and his brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ, and Zillah, she also bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal Cain was Naamah. So here we, we read, and this would have been early on, there, there was the separation when Abel was killed, and then God appointed the other seed who was Seth, when Adam was 130. And so prior to the birth of Seth, maybe just prior, Cain was driven off, and his line was removed. It was put at a distance from the believing line, which was the family of Adam and Eve and Seth and and the descendants who would come forth. And so we do read here in Genesis 4 that uh, there were children born to Cain, and these children built cities, and and they became uh, industrial and 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 produce things, and, and so th- that's way back from let's say the year 130 from creation, and and so from that point all the way until the time of Noah, Noah's born in 5590 BC, over 5,000 and several hundred years later, we can imagine all the descendants of Cain and and all the multiplication that would have gone on as these men married wives and had children and and their children got married and had children and and so multiplication was going on and the unsaved were increasing you know that's always been true since the time of the fall that the unsaved are the majority, not just uh, 51% compared to 49, but they are the vast majority of people in the world. The unsaved are overwhelmingly the vast majority of people in the world. And, and so this gives them a certain sense of power. It gives them a certain sense of rule in the world because the unsaved people and the unsaved mindset, the philosophy of the unsaved, the edicts of the unsaved are often supported by great majorities. And that's because the commandments of God, the law of God, the people of God, the true people of God are a very tiny minority. That's why the Bible speaks of God's people as being a remnant. And a remnant is just a little part of the whole. And, you know, the unsaved people of the world, of course, are are not 
producing great majorities of followers due to the greatness of of their particular doctrine or their particular beliefs or lack of beliefs, they do not attain large numbers of people following after them because they have a right or better position than the child of God. Actually, it's the reverse. There is only one reason why at any time in history, if you would take a, a, a photo and capture any point in the history of the world, you will find overwhelmingly, 99.9% in some cases, that the people of the world are unbelievers deep down in their heart because they've never been born again. They are servants to sin and to Satan. They are opposed and contrary to the Bible and to the God of the Bible, to the author of the Bible. They are against the teachings of the word of God, the Bible. And this is so because of man's fall into sin, and it's the natural condition of an unsaved individual. An unsaved individual is someone who uh, is an unbeliever. And, and in the New Testament, the word unbeliever, where God tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, he, he commands, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. That Greek word is a compound word that has the Greek letter alpha, as a prefix to the word pistos, faith. An alpha prefix attached to a word negates it. And and so, unbelieving means no faith. They have no faith. And who is faith, according to the Bible, is a person. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the essence of faith. So an unbeliever is someone who has not Christ. They do not have his spirit, and so they're none of his. And that means they're left with their natural fallen heart and condition of uh, being in darkness and, and so forth. And when people are born in the world, as the Bible tells us, we're conceived in sin. We're conceived unsaved or as an unbeliever. We're born into sin in most cases, unless there's a rare instance like John the Baptist where God saves a child in the womb, but that that's rare. That doesn't happen. So the people born into the world are born naturally unbelievers. And, and this has always been the case. And so the course of the tide, the way of the world is going in the direction of unbelief. And people, as soon as they're born, become a part of that company, and they they fit right in. The world loves its own. And, and so, people go along, and yes, the world is uh, often fighting with each other, and they'll fight concerning, my religion is better than your religion, my philosophy is better than your philosophy. They'll fight over 
anything and, and do. Yet, when it comes to the actual situation, the world is unified in unbelief, and, and their unbelief is made up or comprised of all of its religions and philosophies. An atheist is the same as a Buddhist or a Muslim or a professed Christian and has another gospel. It, it, it doesn't make any difference. They are all set in opposition against the true God of the Bible and his true word. And, and therefore there is great unity of disbelief or unbelief amongst unbelievers. And, and, and so, uh, th- this is the nature of the world all through history, but God's program of salvation was to send forth his word and through the hearing of the word of God, here and there, God translated people out of the darkness, out of the kingdom of Satan, out of the typical situation of of mankind, of those unsaved that live in the world, and into the kingdom of his dear son, into the light. And they became saved, children of God, or as it says in Genesis chapter 6, sons of God, sons of God. They they were adopted into the family of God. And, and so this was a line of believers uh, already. We know that God early on saved Abel, but Abel was killed. Yet God raises up another. And as the world continues on, as the population of the world increases and grows into the time of Noah, the number of actual true believers, of individuals that were truly saved and, and have been changed and, and came out of the darkness into the light is minuscule. It, it's extremely few. But there are also a growing number of what we would say today profess believers that identified with that line and would think and believe they were true believers, but they really weren't. And, and, and so God tested them. God tested them then like he tests people even today. And, and the test at that time for the, the professed believers or that line that identified with God was would they maintain faithfulness and not interact or intermarry with these other daughters of men. And they failed the test. And as a result, we can see God's displeasure. Uh, just um, after verse 4, where God tells us of all this intermarriage, he says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, and it repented Jehovah that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. Just as later generations, when God is dealing with the corporate body of national Israel, grieve him, and and he 
he sees their unfaithfulness as they they go astray they they go far from him and oftentimes Israel was led by the women of other nations and it's one of the reasons why king solomon's sin was so grievous he married many foreign women and it says his heart was led astray and he was an example and picture of the New Testament churches and congregations, as they also have gone astray after women and after other gospels. That's really what the Midianitish woman represents, uh, as as she is aligned with the Council of Balaam, the Council of other kinds of gospels. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.